What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you back to another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr. Excited to have you guys along for the ride. Today on today's edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, we're going to be talking to somebody I think really absolutely has a ton of information to share. Years ago, not years ago, actually, a year ago when I started this podcast, uh, I started out with the first 13 weeks sharing with you guys wisdom and things that I've learned along now my seven-year journey. Uh, in business. And we quickly began to change gears and begin talking to people about the story behind their brand. Let me tell you why we did that. The reason why is because I believe that every successful brand has an amazing story behind it. It actually informed why it is that you show up that way. In a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question. He says, why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that they are more memorable than facts because our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories actually bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. It's my pleasure today to invite a young lady who I had the privilege privilege of hearing her speak on a stage. And I'm one of those guys that when I sit on in an audience and I'm listening to people speak, uh, I'm generally on the front row. I'm generally taking as if I've taken my time to sit down and listen, promise you this, it's going to be an active listen. And I was really impressed because she was touching upon some things that just absolutely resonated with me. And I said, you know what, when I started hearing a little bit about how she got to where she was, I was like, ooh, as my coach would say, Tessie, ooh, ooh, look, we got to get her on the show. It's been a couple of weeks, and we've been trying to work it out, but we finally made it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Tessie Watts. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, she is a leadership consultant and executive trainer of the Leadership Haven. Tessie, welcome to We All Need Some Help Wednesday. The podcast is good to have you, lady. Great to be here, Coach. <laughs> Listen. We finally got here. Listen, Tessie, we are broadcasting live, obviously, on Clubhouse as we're recording this particular segment. We're also broadcasting live on KBC and TV. And so it's good to see your face. Tessie, when I heard you on stage, I think that one of the things that I identified with you, when you talked about the story of your journey in leadership, having um, sort of this pull in your heart to do a thing but not necessarily having the people around you to help you make that happen. And then finding yourself having to grow people in an environment that's not conducive to a lot of touchy-feely stuff, right? You got to be tough on the outside, but at the same time, you need to be sensitive about people's needs. Can you take us back a little bit about how Tessie grew up, where that all came from? Because the you I heard on stage was a boss, and it was like, nah, this woman, she ain't the regular peoples. 
But that had to come from somewhere, that courage that you displayed in some of those instances. And I'm hoping that you'll share it with our audience. Um, talk to us a little bit about who you are, what do you do, why do you do it, who do you do it for? And let's walk me down the path of the journey towards who you are as a brand today and what informed that. Come on, let's talk. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, Coach, again, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, for everyone, uh, my, again, my name is Tessie Watts. I'm the CEO and Principal Leadership Consultant for the Leadership Haven, uh, where we aim to create a safe environment where leaders can quickly move beyond their challenges so that they can scale effectively through life and profession. We do this because leaders deserve it. We do it because it's a new day. And we're no longer subject to people's expectations, but to God's divine direction. And so that's why we do what we do. That's why we're the haven, the leadership haven. We are a safe place. And so to just get uh, into my story, uh, where I started, how I got to this place of working with leaders, um, I definitely have to take you back to my youth. Um, I was raised by amazing parents. Uh, my mom and dad were... Um, <clears throat> they were married for 51 years before my dad passed away in 2016. And I am such a daddy's girl. And here's the thing, it's seven girls and one boy, right? So I was raised in a big family and we all just felt like we were daddy's favorite. You know, mom was there. We love mom to death, but you know, daddy was it, you know, and my dad was an educator. He was a teacher and uh, he, by profession, but in the home, it was always a constant, constant uh, teaching moment. Everything that happened in our home, my dad turned it into a moment of teaching, uh, but he was my first leadership coach. My dad was my first leadership coach. When I tell you everything was about integrity, everything was about your word, everything was about holding yourself accountable. Like this is what he put in all of us. He drove that um, in us in such a compassionate way. It wasn't a beat down. I mean, we were a bunch of little big head girls, you know, running around with squeaky voices, but he always had a way of just bringing us to a place where we could listen and learn. But then this is where the, the love came from with leadership, right? But then I tell people that I had basically a love-hate relationship with leadership um, because I would leave home. I would leave that safe space and I would go into the schools and to the churches and into the community and I would encounter people that just were not saying the same thing that I was being taught in the home. They were abusing their authority. They were hurting people. And I just found myself on just at that point where uh, I was always people's target. You know, I never could understand why I was their target. Now, I understand that today. There was a work that needed to be done today. And I had to go through those things and I had to experience those things back then in order to be where I am today. But I tell you, as a young girl, oh my gosh, I did not understand that. And there was one particular leader who just crossed the line with me as a young girl. He crossed the line with me. He used his authority to push me around, to make me feel less than. And because of that, I went into this mode of 
Jesse, you got to protect yourself. Like you have to fight, fight them, fight back. And I was in a constant fight mode as this young girl. And that's where things got real, real murky for me because I lived that young girl for years, that young girl that never wanted to be pushed around again, never wanted to be mistreated. And so guess who, who my target was? My target was leaders. If I even thought you were a bad leader, if I even thought that you were using your powers um, to mistreat someone, oh, I was, I was your worst enemy. I was your worst enemy enemy. And I would go in, even as a young girl, I would go in and just, you know, fight and just fight. And my parents didn't understand where all the fight was coming from, but it was because of what that one individual did. Now I'm telling you right now, I don't even like saying that. I don't even like giving that person that kind of power, you know, but as a young girl, Again, we understand that there are people in authority over us. And so he shifted me into a, a thought pattern that I had to be a protector for everyone that was being hurt by people that was in a leadership role. So by the time I became a junior, uh, I mean, by the time I got to junior high school, let me just say junior high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a lawyer. And I didn't want to be a lawyer in the regular sense of putting criminals in jail. I wanted to go after all of these bad politicians, these bad leaders, all these people that were violating rules and all that. I was ready for those people. I was challenging authority on every hand. And that's why I say it's a love-hate relationship because here I am today loving what I do, working with leaders, but yet they were my target. They were the ones that I was going after every single day. And because here's the thing, I never even saw myself as a leader. I didn't see myself as a leader. I just saw myself as some vigilante that needed to just make the world safe from all leaders, not realizing that I too was a leader. So I even ran from leadership roles even at that time. So coach, let me know if you want me to go on. Yeah, no, I, I do listen, but I want to kind of, for those people who may be just kind of checking in and um, they, they, they really, uh, maybe are coming in on the tail end of this. Maybe you just uh, popped in and, and you're listening to this podcast along in somebody's car or something, and you're listening to this. I'm talking to Tessie Watts. She's a leadership, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say specialist in, in a lot of ways. And the reason why is because as much as you talk about being pushed around by leadership and kind of really getting to the place of where that became sort of your site. Your sites got focused on dealing with that. I know for a fact that when leaders show up, they use their authority to wield and to control. Oftentimes, more than not, it's them. And it's not, in other words, they're the ones with problems. As a leader, when you come across people who have not done that in a work, who are finding themselves in places where, quite frankly, they're leading while bleeding, I want to take it here for a second, Tessie. How have you learned to pivot and make those adjustments? Because when you talk about growing up in a home, and I think it's funny that you mentioned seven, you said seven girls and one boy. Listen, how about I have seven sisters and I'm the only boy. Now, I happen to be the oldest of all them big heads, as you called, you know, y'all some big head girls. So I don't think that this is, this is an accident that, that our, our, our situations align a little bit. But when you grow up in a home of a leader's leader, and everything is a teachable moment, good, bad, and different. You think different. When you come to work with other people, how does that teachable moment 
representation show up in your life with other people? How do you make the turn of going from them being my target to, to, to those people being the teachable moment, the things that I need to do in order to grow? Talk to us. Yeah, coach, um, definitely uh, they were my target. Leaders were my target. And that was because I carried that young girl with me. I never healed her. I never uh, made people aware of what I had experienced and what I went through. And because of that, you know, the young girl was ruling. The young girl was in charge. And I tell people all the time, leadership is not for children. You know, it is not for the faint of heart. It is not for a a a, a, a person a mindset that cannot grow, that does not understand growth. So I carried that little young girl with me. It wasn't until I tapped into her. It wasn't until I pushed myself to understand that. And you you said it, Coach. It was them. It was not me, but I was taking in that stuff. I was taking it all in because I never healed her. Oh, but see, she's healed today, right? She's healed today. And so when I find myself encountering poor leaders or encountering leaders that are struggling, uh, you said it earlier, Coach, you said slow down. You said slow down. Sometimes we just have to stop moving for a minute and we have to just be able to assess that situation from from a a, a, a healed place. Right. So I can't assess where a, a, a leader is, a poor leader is, what they're struggling with if I am not in a place of heal and wholeness. And so I just had to keep doing the work on me. So here's yeah. the thing. The more work I did on me the more I could see how to help others. Ooh. And I, Tessa, I tell people you moving, all the time. Tessa, you moving too fast now. You you moving too fast. I felt that. I felt that. These folks, listen, I wrote down leading while bleeding. One of the things that I'm passionate about is leaders getting themselves healed. We live in a world, Tessie, where you know everybody's talking about, well, fake it till you make it. I got a problem with that statement especially when you're faking it is coming from the role of a person who's leading other people. And the truth of the matter is, is that people are leading where you're going. People are leading, people are following where you're going. So when leaders are faking it till they make it, they're following fake until you make a change. And here's the problem. Most of them can't make that adjustment with you. Because they've believed the hype of the fake that you put on. But there is a problem with leaders, and I want you to kind of touch on this because I know that particularly, you know, in your line of work, and I hope you can get into this just a little bit, being vulnerable can get you hurt. Like physically. Being transparent can get you jammed up. And then when you are a person that, finding yourself having to heal on the spot and heal you. Now you become a leader that's leading from a healed place. But in order to get healed, you're going to have to be transparent. You're going to have to be vulnerable. You're going to have to let your stuff hang out a little bit and be okay with that. Talk to us a little bit about that transition. How does a leader who recognizes, okay, I ain't all the right way together, but I'm still having to do my job. 
Talk to us a little bit about that journey of getting healed as a leader, whether you're on the on the job or 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 or, or you have to take a step back. What does that transition look like, and how does that benefit those that you serve? Yeah, Coach, uh, you, you you said the two key words, vulnerability and transparency. Uh, now, when you think about that word, if everybody were to be honest with themselves, they'll say to be vulnerable is a sign of weakness, right? We see being vulnerable as weak, you know? And so when you are in a position where you have not healed yourself to a place uh, where you can deal with your vulnerability, where you can show people that you don't have all the answers, that you can fail and still get back up without being a failure. Like if you don't find yourself in a place where you can really embrace that, that's just a process of life. That's a process of going through. That's a process of getting from this place to the next place. Then you will continue to see it as being something that is not leadership. That, that, you know, it, that, that's not what leaders do. Leaders don't fail. We're not vulnerable. We don't show our weaknesses. But here's the thing. I tell people all the time. There's a scripture that says the leader's heart is in God's hand and he'll turn it however he chooses to turn it. Right. And so when I understood that, when people say, lead with your heart, go with your heart and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you're a leader, God got that heart. And he's going to turn it. So here's the thing. If he's turning it to the left and you're trying to turn it to the right, you're about to have an attack. Okay? <laughs> you getting a grip on your heart and you now want to fight everybody in everything. You know what I'm saying? You want to fight everything because your heart is in turmoil. But you the one who accepted that role and that responsibility. So now you got to move yourself in a place. I'm sorry, coach. Let me tell you. Don't be sorry. This, yeah, yeah. This girl here was pretty jacked up. You know what I'm saying? I was pretty jacked up, coach, right? And I didn't want people to see how weak I was because I was still fighting that that man who, who, you know what I'm saying, violated my space when I was a young girl. I was still fighting him. But then when I moved myself to a place of healing, and my, my academy is called the Leadership Haven Enrichment Academy for Leaders. I named it that because it spells out L heal, because I believe that when leaders heal, we all heal. And every time I step into a space to work with a leader, I got to get you to a place of heal, of, of wholeness. I got to get you to a healthy place. And so, Coach, that's how I'm able to work with leaders is because I want them to be as healthy as I am at this space right now. Back then, when I was in college and, and started my career out and, and all of that stuff, no, I wasn't ready for where I am today. I was not ready for that because I hadn't healed that little girl was still ruling things. But right now, a whole person is ruling things. I'm talking about my body, spirit and purpose. I, I know where it. I'm going. I know what I need to be doing. I tell people my why. You know, people say, what, what is your why? What is your why? I just tell people this. I'm going to tell you what my why is. My why is walking higher than my yesterday. I Every single day that I wake up, I think about how I can take this to the next level. That's when you're walking in purpose. That's when you're walking in why, when you can take this thing from one place to the next and you do it without any friction, without any concern for it. You just make it happen. That's and I'm it. telling you, I live it. I live it every single day and I love every moment of it. Listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, 
Her name's Tessie Watts. She's a leadership. I, I call her a leadership special. She specializes in leadership. That is her one thing on so many levels. It's obviously how you grew up. Tessie, bring us up to today because clearly we understand how you came through, what you came through to get to where you are. Um, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the work you're doing today in leaders. There are people in our audience that may want to work with you. And uh, I, I just want them to know who they're getting and what is it that you guys are up to today. This has been fabulous. Yeah, thanks, Coach. So for me, I, I, let me just start with how my entrepreneurial journey, how we got to this place is real quick. So uh, when I was working on my master's, um, that was about 10 years ago, uh, I, I received my master's in organizational leadership. And by doing that, I was like, wow, it was during that time that the Lord revealed to me the Leadership Haven Resource Center. He revealed to me what my logo would look like. He revealed everything to me. I had my mission, my vision, everything was laid out at that time. But I sat on it for five years for five years, I sat on it. Why did I sit on it? Because I needed other people to see it. I needed other people to embrace it first. I need them to say, oh, Tessie should be working with leaders. You know, it. they weren't saying it. So for five years, I went around like, oh, you all see what I'm doing? You see what I'm doing? They weren't seeing it. And here's the thing. God is not going to let anybody see something that you have yet to embrace. Stop trying to get co-signers. And I tell people, this is my quote, no human co-signers needed on what was divinely given. God was not going to let any co-signers take the lead on what he gave. He gave it to me. I need to move according to his instructions. That's why I do what I do so that we can stop living according to people's expectations and align ourselves with God's divine direction. And so when I did that, I was like, okay, I stepped out on it and I just started big. I started doing a leadership summit my first year. I did a huge leadership summit and I did it every year for five years while still working a full-time job. And then the word of, and then God began to reveal to me that it was time. This space is no longer your space, Tessie. It is no longer, you know, I, I don't need you out here in that marketplace. I need you over here in this one. But I was so afraid. I was terrified. Cause let me tell you, I was used to that chick. And I, I got paid real good to do what I did. You know, I, I had tough jobs. I ran a girl's prison. I ran a probation unit. I, I was out there, you know, and, and I felt like I earned my money. So what I would do is I would, uh, you know, I was like, no, God, those people ain't ready for that. Let's keep doing this because I wanted that paycheck. I want I was used to that nine to five. I was used to all of that. And uh, one day it was just very evident that the Lord was saying, I'm not going to even allow any favor to flow in this space for you anymore, Tessie. Uh, so where I was getting all those raises and all those accolades, all that stuff just started drying up. And I was like, man, uh, am I being pushed out, forced out, walked out? I don't know what is, what's going on here. I'm still, you know, feel like I'm still me doing it, doing a good job. Well, I decided that that was it. Coming up to my uh, 2019 Leadership Summit, I decided that I was going to uh, resign from my job and just step out full time. And I announced it. I did. I quit my job and I felt like I was ready. And an instant fear just came over me like a wave of heat. Like I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I can't do this. And someone offered me a, uh, a consulting job. 
And that consulting job turned into another job. And the Lord was like, Tessie, I did not tell you to do this. What is wrong with you? But I'm like, no, God, this is a steady check. But they needed me on the books. But let me tell you something. The day that I signed that uh, agreement to work with them as an employee, when I tell you, God, oh, he dealt with me. That's why I tell people my word every year is alignment. You ever been in alignment with God and got back out of it? You know what that feels like. Oh, my gosh. I had to get back in alignment with him. Oh, it was terrible, guys. I can't tell you. I started working for this monster. And this monster, his job every day was to make me feel less than a person. He was coming at me. I was building his his um, center up from nothing. And I was challenging myself even with the work. But mind you, I'm an employee. God didn't call me back to that world. He said that you are out here. This is where I needed you. Then COVID hit. And I'm thinking when I was getting ready to leave, I couldn't leave because, you know, COVID was just Nobody really knew what that was. Nobody knew how to embrace that. So I was scared to even walk away from a check at that time. And as COVID uh, turned up, this guy I was working for, he turned up. I'm still working hard every day. I'm trying to protect my staff. I'm doing all of this. And I got sick. And I would get sick and sick. I was taking COVID tests every single day, coach. Taking COVID tests like I'm sick. Something wrong with me. What's wrong? Couldn't turn my head from the left to the right. Had pain just through my body. Had to roll out of bed, out of alignment. Get back in alignment, Tessie. And I just said, you know what? One day I say, Lord, and guys, I know y'all, I'm going to tell you to brace yourself. I said, Lord, um, I'm about to shut down on these people. I know I'm strong. I can do this. I'm strong through you. I'm about to shut down. I can't take this um, anymore. Uh, I'm ready to leave, and I need to know that this is what you want me to do. God had already showed me this is what he wanted me to do, but here I am again asking him. Well, here's the thing. That next day, that was a Thursday night, that next day I walked up in the office, full day of work, Four o'clock time for a meeting, walked in the meeting and this owner took a piece of paper and he threw it right in my face. He threw it in my face. Now, at home, I told you I was raised by some awesome parents and we didn't throw things in our home. Right. Because we had dogs and the dogs were outside. So you ain't in the house. You throw things outside, not inside. And I picked it up and I threw it back at him. And I said, you know, I, I don't know what's going on here. He took it. He threw it back in my face. And he said, I want you to look at that. And at that point, it was just like something just came through me. And I just felt so belittled. God, I felt so low. Right. You know, and so I picked it up again because my daddy, my his middle name is Henry. Real name, William Henry Watts. Well, we call him Henry when he really acting like Henry. And so I said, um, you know, here come Henry's daughter picked the paper up. I threw it back at him. I said, now keep it. I said, keep it. I said, cause I don't see any dogs up in this space. I said, so this is what I'm going to do for you. I said, you don't deserve it. I said, but this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you two weeks and not one day more. I said, you better get everything out of me that you possibly can get. Because remember I was the brains behind the whole center. I said, I'm going to give you two weeks to drain me of everything. I said, cause you don't even know how to run your own center. 
I said, but I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to make sure you have everything you need. And I said, and I'm out the door never to come this way again. And uh, that was over a year and a half ago, right? That I walked out of that space and walked into my business. And one of the things I'll tell people is I still came out with stipulations, coach. So I'm telling God, oh, Lord, I got this for the first six months. God said, have it. Because I had saved up enough money. I paid my car off. I had did all this stuff. And I had told the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, I got it for six months. He said, go for it. I didn't make a dime. And those first, yes, nope, I back up. I made $500 because the Lord knew I was going to have a deficit. The first six months in business, I made $500, one client, right? Because I told him I had it. And if I can encourage anybody in any way, don't box God in. Don't box him in. <laughs> you know, just say, have your way, God. Like literally, Roz, you know how you do it? Have your way. You know, do what you're going to do. And that's what I had to do in my space. And the day that I released everything to him, my business has grown to the capacity that I can bring it in, the capacity that I can serve it. But I can see where it's going to be so much more, so much more. So I work with leaders. I work with executive level leaders to take them, you know, to help them just identify those challenges and those things that get in the way for you being all that you know you should be. And I just work with you through my leadership quoting program. Uh, and I'm a trainer. I train all the time. And so I work with organizations who uh, want to stop talking a good game. They really, truly want to invest in their staff. And so I go in and just really help them build uh, up their training uh, programs uh, with them as I work work as a uh, corporate trainer. Listen, so coach, I know that was a lot. I'm sorry, coach, but I know no, that. No, <laughs> I, I needed you to get that out because I do believe that there's some people that needed to hear that. And uh, one of the things that I love about what we do here on, we all need some help Wednesday, the podcast. My hope is, is that somebody resonated with a part of your story that says, you know what? I don't have to take that. Um, obey God show up and be confident in who he's called me to be. Tessie, I just want to say thank you so much for coming through, pulling up. Um, it was worth the wait. Uh, it's been a minute uh, since we've tried to get you on, and I'm grateful that your your, your schedule kind of worked with us. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, in parting, uh, one thing that you could just leave with somebody that uh, is struggling to get healed and, and show up as their authentic self, just one quick takeaway uh, that you want people to walk away with. Yeah, Coach, one of the things I would say is that um, indecisiveness is a killer. And so at this point, whether you decide to stay in your job, uh, you know, in a full-time job or branch out on your own, make that decision and wear it like a crown. I encourage leaders to wear their decisions like a crown. Put it on your head because you have to keep your head up. You have to keep yourself, your, your eyes focused straight and just go in because, again, you don't want let want, you don't want to allow your indecisiveness to stop you from moving in a place that God has designed for you. So I just want to say, wear your decisions like a crown. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Tessie Watts. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us 
For this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, make sure you download it wherever podcasts are streamed. Share it out to somebody and let them know at the end of the day, they can't get to any place of significance by themselves because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll see you next week. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.